Hi, everyone. Welcome to the By the Voices podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you, Bilal? I couldn't be doing better myself. Thank you for asking. It's been a while since I've uh, got to hear you say that. So I probably should mention that at the end of every show that we've done, I've kind of mentioned that we'd be back next week with a new episode, and sometimes that week can be an extended duration of time. So, because it's been a while since we've been back doing the show. Yeah. Um, what was one week for us was multiple weeks for everybody else in the world. So, uh, I don't know why, I don't know how that happened. We'll have to find somebody who can explain to us how that happened. Someone who's much smarter than both of us. <laughs> there we go. All right, so while we were away, some news happened, and this week, free agency began. So this is when things are getting all ramped up, getting back into the swing of things for the NFL and the team. So um, first up here was the official retirement of Drew Brees. We had expected this was going to happen. Uh, he had been hinting at it leading back to the playoff game uh, the divisional round playoff game against the Buccaneers uh, after he was spending so much time on the field with his family and with Tom Brady. And then from then on, we've just been waiting for the official announcement. It's here. Drew Brees has retired. Next stop, NBC Sports. <laughs> it's just a detour the... on his way to get to the Hall of Fame. He's yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, not a detour. It is a... It's just another step, let's just say. Just a, another destination. It's a it's a rest stop. There it's a go. rest stop. It's a fancy rest stop. It's got good bathrooms. It's got a lot of good food. A lot of money. A lot of cameras. <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees has been one of the best players to ever play the quarterback position. And then to just go back to it, you and I have watched him play for the most part on the Saints, right? But he didn't start his career back on the Saints. He started it as a member of the San Diego Chargers when he was drafted in 2001, I believe. Yeah. And he had that terrible injury and no team wanted to take him. Um, there was a moment where he was visiting with the Dolphins and they back in 06 and they're like yeah we can't take a chance on you right now because of your shoulder injury he goes to the saints joins up with sean payton and the rest is history yeah the rest is history and uh the the chargers miss out on having drew Brees, and they get philip rivers instead who hasn't had that bad of a career but of course when you look at the career that drew Brees led after he went to the saints it's Kind of hard to compare. That's when having a time machine to go to the future would be a very good resource for a lot of people. <laughs> they knew that Drew Brees would be able to come back from that injury and lead his team to the playoffs multiple times, lead, his, lead the league in so many different statistical categories, such as like touchdowns and passing yardage each season throwing 5,000 yards I believe it's like four three or four times could even be off on that number it was just like 
any record that seems to be broken, it seems like Drew Brees is the first one to break it. And then you find then other people pile on. So come after. But um he's gonna be missed in the NFL, but he's not he's not going away far. He's gonna be on our TV screens in the short time frame and can't wait to see what he does. Is he the next Tony Roma? Oh, that's those are some big shoes to fill, I think, for Drew Brees. Well, you had to look at the Romo, Romo's playing career, though, right? Romo wasn't the best quarterback, but he's got a very smart one. And Drew Brees was one of the best quarterbacks and has to be. And by default, then he is a smart, he has the brain. So I think Romo is the standard now that organizations are looking at because no one expected that. And to see how he uh, transitions into this new broadcasting type of career. Speaking of broadcasting, Trenton, I see how that segue segue worked. Oh yeah, um, that was that was very impressive, Bilal. You haven't missed a step. The I'm, I'm going to have some mess up later on the show. There's the guarantee, but uh, the NFL has negotiated new broadcasting deals now with all the major. Um, providers here we have amazon cbs espn fox and nbc and the nfl network and it's a pretty it's a pretty big amount here like it's is tv deals and sponsorships are one of the biggest revenue streams the nfl brings in and just by evidence of that amazon is spending over a billion dollars a year now to be the exclusive home for Thursday night football. That is a lot of money. And it's just one piece here. So it's streaming streaming platforms also trying to come into the fold here. CBS will be streaming games additionally on their new Paramount Plus. ESPN will be streaming games on ESPN Plus. Uh, NBC is going to be streaming games on Peacock. So it's another way to, it's not that the NFL needs to create their own streaming platform. They're just using the existing platforms that companies are using to just grow their game. Because I don't know, you go to the, say you go to Walmart and you're just going down the aisle, you have your phone in your hand, you're watching the game as you're going. It's just another way to be connected to it. So. Yeah, it's another way to reach. Yeah, it's just the the evolution of of business and I guess just in general technology. I mean, I I remember looking at one of the the NFL throwback videos because they did the draft from like the mid two thousands or something, and then one of the one of the announcers held up a, a flip phone and a tiny screen, and they're like, "Look, you can get." the NFL draft coverage video on your, on your flip phone, on the screen. And the screen is just like tiny. I was like, wow, never would have thought that it would, it would transition to now where you can stream an entire game on your, on your phone or, you know, whatever device you want. No one ever did. And evolve from here. 
who knows if this podcasting platform is going to be around in 10 years when this contract is done because this runs now this will be an extension starting in 2023 up until 2033 so as we were prepping for this show you you and I were talking it's like imagine the two of us continuing this podcast up in 2033 and it's like just imagine the world, how much it's changing so much so fast within our own eyes. And you and I are right in the center of it based off of the generation we're growing up in. Born in the early, early 2000s. And, uh, and basically have come up with everything that is going there. People who are born into the iPhone age and the, um, on the tablets and everything but you and I kind of had to grow we grew into it as the things came out we weren't already it wasn't already there but it's just showing how the NFL is just continuing their reach and a lot of things are staying the same though right the CBS is keeping the AFC majority Fox will be keeping the NFC uh, ESPN is still taking in Monday Night Football, but they'll be actually getting some Super Bowls now, going on to ABC because ESPN, ABC. If you go to the Super Bowl schedule for the next year, it's going to be 2023, 2027, and 2031 will all belong to CBS. Fox gets 2024, 2028, 2032. NBC gets 2025, 2029, and 2033. ESPN and ABC get 2026 and 2030. I don't remember the last time a Super Bowl was on ESPN or ABC. So things will be changing. It will be. Um, Next up, football and space. Let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna we can make a we can make a, a dome on the moon and All right. add All some right. gravity to it and then it'd be like going to london but it's just you can have elon musk send you to send you to the moon <laughs> who knows maybe the martians are playing it are playing football on mars right now that's that's true they could be Moon is hiding from our rovers. Their uh, their teams are are too good for us. They're waiting for us to get a little better at football, <laughs> and then and then they'll invite us over. And then we will find out if life exists on Mars. Football will be the key. Yeah. <laughs> All that right. just took a weird turn, but uh... <laughs> that's a good theory. All right, we'll roll with that. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on, and some of the news that we have is. Deshaun Watson has found himself basically engulfed in lawsuits right now. Um, there are, at the time of this recording, 22 accusers and counting, and 12 are suing him. So, uh, you know, he's, he's being accused of sexual assault and other misconduct. And, you know, it's just it's something that the league is taking very seriously and law enforcement is taking very seriously. And, he's come out and said that he's not done anything, but right. obviously the investigations have to mm-hmm. continue. Right. Um, so, you know, whatever, whatever did or didn't occur, you know, that's not up to 
us really to to speculate. It's just an ongoing investigation, and we'll see what they uncover. I mean, what every single one of these accusers needs to be heard out and needs to be uh, assumed that they're telling the truth unless things come out that they're not. And if, if even one of these is true, then the NFL, the Houston Texans need to take action against Deshaun Watson. But at this point, like you said right now, it's not up to us. Our job is to report the situation, analyze it the best we can, and wait until we can gather more details before things come up. And it'll be an ongoing thing. As long as we keep doing this show, these, these topics will have to be discovered because we can't hide from them. It's a real life and it's got to do our job. Yep, that, that we do. And right, with so that... Free agency. Free agency. The, the constant buzzing of phones and notifications in the past week. Man, imagine those agents trying to get some sleep. <laughs> sleep sleep does not exist as a concept to them anymore. But you got to look at the trade-off here. Sleep or my bank account going up. Oh, there we go. There we go. Because they take a significant share of the contracts. And a lot of these players have the same agents. Some of them do. So it's like negotiating deals, all Jerry Maguire style here. <laughs> but the first one that we want to talk about is um, a re-signing after a lot of negotiations and a lot of who knows what's going to happen here are they in sync are they not in sync will they won't they Dak Prescott signs a four year extension with the Cowboys and Jerry Jones has opened up his wallet to Trenton. Jerry Jones has opened up his wallet for for a player who he has finally deemed worthy of all the money. But is he really worth the money? Is the question. Ooh, that is first, a... what is the money? Please inform us what is the money. Yeah, so the money is a hundred and sixty million, which would be 75 million in the first year and 66 million of that will be the signing bonus. So quite the, uh, quite the payday for Prescott. It's a lot of money, Trenton. And not to take away from anything that um, Dak Prescott has done, but I don't see him being worth that much. Of course he's worth a good amount. And they came to this conclusion that he's worth apparently this much money, but from an outsider's point of view, is he worth it? He's worth a good amount of money, deserves a good payday, but he's not worth this much money in my view. All right. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I mean, I feel like Prescott is a, a solid top ten quarterback, but he's he's not in but the he's not top a top five. five. Yeah, right. And this money is like top five money it's like top two money it is top two money because he's only behind Mahomes in like overall like yearly value of contract or at least this year 
it's uh, I mean, that's what you get though when you're the Cowboys. You waited two two years basically to sign him to an extension. Right. Franchise tag him, then I believe franchise tag him again. I mean, and they, then he gets injured. Yeah, they could have had him for less if they had initially negotiated before and gotten a deal done. But because they waited so long, now you know they have to pay him a lot more. And in a year where the salary cap is as tight as it is, I believe it's what 182 million. Yeah, the teams are making a lot of moves that they otherwise would not seem to be making. And we'll get to some of those in a bit, but it's a lot of money. And we'd have to see if Prescott lives up to this because you see that oftentimes players get these huge contracts and then they just decline in in productivity. Yeah, all uh, all Prescott needs to do is turn around when he's under center and he's looking at one of them, Ezekiel Elliott, right there yeah. in his backfield. Uh-huh. And, and out of the 160 million, 126, I believe, is guaranteed. So, like, if this guy never played a snap for the rest of his life, still walking away with $126 million. Can I have a job like that, Trenton, where I don't have to show up and just walk away with $126 million? <laughs> if only. Is anyone offering that? <laughs> Jerry Jones might be. I'm going to have to contact him. All right. Are um, the Patriots back? Oh, yeah. The Patriots, the Patriots have brought Cam Newton back. That's for sure. Cam Newton's back on a one-year deal. 13.6 million. Uh, you know, he he believes that's his best shot, and the Patriots believe that he's their best shot. And for basically the first time in forever, the Patriots are now spending as much as possible on, on mean, free agents. It's a shock, right? Like, like you just said, first time in forever. It seemed like the first day of free agency, it's like Bill Belichick open the bank accounts, open the whole team's accounts, and it's like, there you go, you get, you get a million, you get a million, you take this, you take that. I, I'm here to spend. But it's what you, uh, here's my theory on this whole thing. For years, the Patriots were this team. They had Tom Brady, they had Bill Belichick, all right? And they were basically guaranteed the Super to either win or be in the Super Bowl for all those years, or go deep into the playoffs. Three options, right? So teams would be like, if we want the best chance to succeed, or we want the best chance to win the Super Bowl, the Patriots are our best option. So these players that came in over time would be willing to um, sign lower contracts, right? Right. And therefore, they would save cap space. So kind of now, Tom Brady isn't there, but Bill Belichick is. And some of these players who are there currently are on lower-term contracts, I believe. I don't know the details, but this is my theory. If they're there on lower-term contracts value, and they're trying to recreate that, that vibe. It's like, come to us. We know what we're doing. We've been there. We might not pay you as much, but you have a better chance to succeed here. 
and Valchek has just had this much money just sitting there because he hasn't had to spend it on a player like Dak with all that money. And right. now he has the money and he's spending it. I mean, he's he's spending it on a lot of different players as well. I mean, we have Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Both of them have deals in the, the 20 million range. Both of those wide receivers. We have defensive players, Henry Anderson, lineman, Matthew Judon, an edge rusher, Kyle Van Noy, who used to be a Patriot before he's coming back, linebacker, mm-hmm. Raquan McMillan, linebacker, David Andrews, who used to be a Patriot before, offensive lineman, Trent Brown, was uh they got him in a trade from the Raiders, um Hunter 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 Henry and Johnny Smith two tight ends that they so got. You look and, at it. You look at that. See, you mentioned Van Noy and who was the other indiv- one who? Uh, David, David Andrews. Andrews. Right. They were all they starters. Went, they, they left right. Mm-hmm. Then they came back because they saw what was really out there outside of the Patriot way, outside of New England. And either they weren't respected there or they just didn't have success there. They came where they come back to, they came back to New England. Where they had success. Because they knew they could exactly. Mm-hmm. They knew they could have success here. And that gave them the best chance to win. Right. I mean, this is these are eleven players who are all starters, either on other mm-hmm. teams or, you know, gonna be starters on the Patriots. So this is a, a yeah, brand new team. At, uh, you look at John Smith's contract, four years, 50 million. Okay. The salary cap is, this goes for every team. And they, every team probably has one guy in an office trying to find ways to manipulate the salary cap. But you look at it and it's like, you can spread that money out over four years. You don't have to pay him. Like if you take four years and you take fifty million, take it by like four years, you come to roughly twelve and a half million a year. That's if you do straight up math. We don't have to do that. We can take five million here and t- take that additional seven million, put it on some other year when the based off of this new broadcasting deal, the salary cap is gonna expand. Um you mentioned this once to me before, and you can expand on this too, is that a lot of players and receivers in particular are not willing to test the market this year because of just how limited uh, money teams have to spend right and they're just they're not going to get a, a long-term deal for as much as they want they're more likely to get a one-year deal for not as much as they want and we'll get to that later um as well once we get to some you, of these other free you agents. you could get a you could get a long-term deal next year but just is that people don't have the money to spend. So they're going to be like making every possible way to spend as little money as possible. I just don't have it. Um, what do you think about them bringing back Cam? I mean, the whole, the whole quarterback field in general, and we'll get into this in a moment as well, was not quite rich. It was a very lackluster quarterback field. And because all the people that, players and people have been talking about, they're already on teams. So you would have to trade to get them. So you can only look at who's actually there. And Cam decided to come back. Right. I mean, I think some of the options that were mentioned that the Patriots might be looking at was, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, 
they might try and reunite with him or um you know maybe Trubisky I've I've seen that as well <laughs> but you know Cam Newton it just it made sense he didn't really have an off season to spend with the Patriots so he didn't really get to learn the playbook as much he didn't really have any offensive weapons mm-hmm. you know it just it makes sense to bring him back and he showed up he showed up late too right everyone thought it'd be like Stidham and Hoyer would be and then out of nowhere he comes uh, Cam Newton it's like okay he came here but it's like at least those guys have been with the team for some time those guys had known the playbook Newton didn't know anything he couldn't even interact with people because you had to we were all in lockdown I mean still are but it's like well, in lockdown, you can't interact with anyone. So, this year he gets the full off season, like you said, and has been there a year. Understands the Patriot system, understands the Patriot way, and he probably will need to come back too. Like he had a bad year, relatively speaking, all career lows in every major statistical category, and it just wouldn't seem right to, for him to walk out on that level because I don't see any other team really taking a big chance on him at least this year if it was another year then maybe but not this year right and also bill belichick loves him and won't stop talking about him so bring him back <laughs> yeah when the head coach is the gm as well then bring on belichick's the only guy who has really had success with that those dual titles i mean let's count bill o'brien That's not. <laughs> I know you have uh, issues with him. I I have many thoughts on the Houston Texans and uh, the whole thing with now Deshaun Watson has only added to that. But <laughs> let's let's not delve into that and add another two hours to this podcast. <laughs> we'll have to put off a spinoff show just uh, Houston based. <laughs> the Patriots have also added on tight ends, right? Right. And the tight end um, production last year was horrible. There was no production. And now they brought in two top-notch tight ends in Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith to help bolster that position, which has been lacking since Gronkowski left a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year, last year they really had no production out of tight ends. They had, uh, I think, Ryan Izzo. He had 13 receptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was their leading tight end. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> that was it. You go from a guy like Gronk and you go drop down to a guy with your leading receptions and tight end is 13. 13 That's receptions it. and zero touchdowns. Some and... people have that many receptions in one game. <laughs> That's true. That well, is it's true. not often, but like it happens. Yeah, so the Patriots definitely are able to fill a void over there. And now they have two tight ends. They can run two tight end sets. I mean, last season, the Patriots were all about the run game. Right? Mm-hmm. They had no wide receiver. They're all about the run game. Now you add in two tight ends who can contribute both in the blocking game, run game, and you know the passing game. The Patriots' offense might be dangerous. Some, some people don't. I mean... People don't really understand how valuable a tight end is, a good tight end is to your team. It, it can block. 
can catch strong and he's just a most teams use them as like a safety blanket you just toss it up there your six seven tight end is going to go up and catch it in all likelihood so a tight end is a very important piece of a team that more um, teams aren't trying to find the right one so interesting see how the patriots turn out to this and if they resemble anything of what we had known or if 2020 is just the beginning of the decline of the New England Patriots because after 20 years of reigning at the top of the NFL they've they took a significant step back last year but we shall see yep next um, up is another big quarterback move and this is Carson Wentz who was traded to the Colts for a 2021 third rounder and a conditional 2022 second rounder. This happened earlier in the year, but uh, only making him official now. All these trades that happen have only been official now because of the league year, but it was inevitable, right? He yeah. wasn't going to stick around. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a rough situation for him to to be basically ejected from Philadelphia after his years of, you know, almost MVP, getting them to a Super Bowl. But, you know, things soured on him there. And now he joins a Indianapolis Colts team that might be better suited to his talents. I mean, they went to the playoffs last year with an aging Philip Rivers, too. I mean, given that they didn't win the game, but... Uh... They got the foundation there, and if Wentz can get a – sometimes all someone needs is a fresh start. Like, it's new location, new everything. Maybe it's what he needs. I mean, he had that one really good MVP-like season, 2017. Then he got hurt. And after that, he hasn't really lived up to that quality because he's been hurt. And then when he has played, he just has – He's been all right. He's been Dak level, which isn't horrible, but he hasn't he hasn't been enough to be like this guy is going to be the future of the NFL. He's going to be the next Tom Brady, the next Peyton Manning. No, he never led up to that, but he quite certainly has the potential to be so. And working with his old quarterbacks coach and Frank Wright now, who is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, it's going to. I, I think we will be seeing a new and improved Carson Wentz. Wentz 2.0 is ready to ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the, the two things that were bad about Carson Wentz last season was that, number one, he's getting hit a lot. Mm-hmm. And number two, because he's getting hit a lot, his mechanics took a nosedive. I mean, if, if Frank Wright can spend some time with Wentz and – you know, retune his mechanics. And if Carson Wentz can now feel secure behind a Colts offensive line, that is far better at protecting their quarterback than ever before, then, you know, Wentz has a shot. Exactly. And it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up the entire division of the AFC South from here. Speaking of more quarterback news, Fitzmagic lives on. 
Fitz Magic lives on indeed. One year, ten million with the Washington football team, which is uh it'll be interesting to see him in another uniform. Um I mean he's, I mean he's done it like so many times before, so right. Um it's it's gonna be nothing new for him to to learn another playbook, or maybe he already knows this playbook. <laughs> he could have played in it before, who knows? But um one thing about know. the NFL is that they love to pick up on other people's playbooks and sometimes when you come from one system of work, um, people take bits and pieces from that and build their own. But like you said, it's been around for a long time. And it's just amazing to see how this guy's career has career has continued despite all the challenges, the ups and downs he's had. And the thing is that people respect him. They care about him. They like him. He seems like a fun guy to be around, too. And he's got the beard. So what can you, what yeah. can you say? If, if, he, uh, if he brings the beard with him, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. The success maybe the, will follow. Yeah, maybe the other teams have to be afraid of him now. <laughs> Fear of the beard. And you, think about it, Trent. Last point I want to make about him. He's coming to the NFC East. He honestly might be the best quarterback in the NFC East. Or the second best, if you want to put Dak up there. But I don't even know if we want to put Dak up there. Not that I keep coming back to trash Dak. It's just that... <laughs> okay, here's what I'm saying. Dak is coming off an injury, so you don't know how much how he's going to perform yet. So, currently, I'm putting Ryan Fitzpatrick as the best quarterback in the NFC East. Until, until proven otherwise. So. All right. That's a, that's a good point. Let's uh let's stick with some more quarterback news. This was a big trade before that finally became official in the the last few days. Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff goes to the Lions, Matthew Stafford goes to the Rams, and the Rams also sent the Lions a 2021 third rounder and a 2022 and 2023 first rounders. Um, we know this was coming for a while, but we couldn't officially, I mean, we could not like we're bound by any type of rules, but the teams couldn't officially announce it until it happened. But, um, interesting. I mean, Jared Goff comes to the NFC North and Matt Stafford goes to the NFC West. Who helps their team the most? Oh, I think... For sure, Matthew Stafford helps the Rams the most. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I feel I like probably, the Lions... I probably would agree with you. Yeah, Lions feel like they're in a rebuilding phase. Lions, Lions are always feeling, the, feeling like they're in a rebuilding phase. <laughs> like, what are they? A new head coach this year, a new quarterback this year. Then you think about it, the Lions have not had a new quarterback, new starting day quarterback since Matthew Stafford. He's been there since 09 when he was the first overall pick. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, quite rarely do you see it these days, do you see a quarterback for quarterback 
switch. Right. Like, I know, I know these, we have additional draft picks being added in, but when was the last time you saw one actually happening? Jay Cutler um, for Kyle Orton? That's, that's the last one that I can remember, I think. Maybe because that's just the most one that affected us the most. That's also yeah. true. But yeah, you really don't see, you see, you see, you would see like Jared Goff for like the Lions next five first round picks or something like that. Not to say that he's worth five first round picks, we're just saying you hypothetically, that's what you, that's scenario you're most uh, accustomed to seeing. But we'll see how both of these end up. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Lions and the Rams will be playing each other this year because of the schedule and they're in the NFC division. I mean the conference as well. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see both of those quarterbacks in new uniforms and uh, see how they adjust to their teams. Uh-huh. Moving on, we have the Chiefs who made big waves when they released both of their starting tackles, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Um, but they've what's the best of... way to protect your quarterback? <laughs> they've sort Just of get made rid up of your for starting it, tackles. They, they kind of made up for it, though. Um, they signed Joe Thune out of uh, for five years, $80 million, and they also got Kyle Long out of retirement for a one-year, $1.5 million contract that can be up to $5 million with incentives. How do you feel about Kyle Long coming back? Hey, if we... If he can live up to it, if he can, if he feels good. I mean, one thing about him, it's true with the Bears. First of all, the guy's made three Pro Bowls. So he's a top quality player. There's nothing, nothing against that. It's just that he's been hurt. And maybe that's all he needed. Maybe he needed a moment to just sit back, get an outsider's perspective. And and he feels like this is the best opportunity for him to come back. And like, kind like Gronk, kind like Gronk. Exactly, away. exactly. Yeah. And he happened to choose one of the best teams in the whole league. So it's what gives him the best opportunity to have success. And he's coming to a team that needs positions like this because you saw evident of the Super Bowl. Mahomes had no pass protection. And Kyle Long can provide that protection. So it'd just be interesting to see how this whole works out. Yeah. And and what we've seen with the Colts is definitely that you'd rather have better offensive guards than better offensive tackles, because then at least you can step it up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to another former beer, Leonard Floyd. Gets his long-term deal, four years, $64 million with the Rams after he had a a pretty solid season last year. Yeah, um, good for him. He didn't have too much success in his time in Chicago, but he's found it in Los Angeles. So, all good for him. No hard feelings here. <laughs> um, and of course, Aaron Jones, star running back for the Packers, has decided to stay with them four years, forty-eight million. We get to see Aaron Jones running against the Bears for another few years at least. Wish uh, wish we didn't have to, but uh, again, 
it, uh, teams are paying the players who they want to keep. So, yeah. And uh, Patrick Peterson signs a one year prove it deal with the Vikings for 10 million, which will be also a little interesting for the Bears to figure out, but you know, it is what it is. And it'll be interesting to see him in purple now. Yeah. After all the years in red. <laughs> the Saints have signed Jameis Winston to a one-year, five-and-a-half-million deal. Um, but they've also said that it is not guaranteed that Jameis Winston will win the starting job. But in all likelihood, I have a feeling that uh, Jameis will be the starter. Sean Payton yeah. did come out and say that they're pretty much set in their quarterback room, per se, here. That they are anyone. The starter is going to be basically out of the people who they currently have. I mean, they, you can always go draft someone, too, later on and develop them on. Because is Jameis a real leader answer for the future? We don't know. And that is why they gave him just a one-year deal. And Taysom Hill has proved himself to be a decent uh, decent player at the position here. But, again, he's your Swiss Army knife. And is he really made out to be a proper drop-back quarterback? I don't know. And that is something that Sean Payton is going to have to figure out. But... If I was to say it at this moment right here, Jameis will be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And and very well, Trenton, we could be playing this episode back and it could be someone completely different and then I would be <laughs> wrong. But it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. And uh, The dangers of podcasting. Everything you say is on record. That's true. Uh the Cardinals have made a few interesting moves, that being that J.J. Watt has signed a contract for $31 million two years with them, and they've also brought over A.J. Green on a one-year $6 million base value deal. And they've also gotten a, a new center, Rodney Hudson, uh, with a seventh-round 2021 pick acquired in a trade with the Raiders in exchange for a 2021 third rounder. So Cardinals are, are making moves to stay competitive in the NFC West. They are. And it seems like there's some connection here between players who played from Houston and the Cardinals. Yeah. JJ Watt and his two year 31 million. Good for him. He's a, the Cardinals definitely give him a better opportunity to win than the Texans ever will right now. Yeah. So, And uh, speaking of the Texans, they picked up Terod Taylor and they traded for Ryan Finley, who was the backup quarterback for the Bengals and who was scheduled to be cut. And then they traded for him. <sighs> I understand the move. I understand you're picking up these guys, Terod Taylor, Ryan Finley. I mean, you're trying to build that quarterback room because in all likelihood, who knows what's going to come up of 
the Watson situation, but even prior to all these new developments, Watson was not happy in Houston. He wanted out. He wanted to be traded, and the Texans were not going to trade him. So what do you do in that situation? A player's only piece of leverage is to hold out. And if you hold out, you need someone to step in, at least for the time. So I get they're building up a quarterback room, building up the depth, but when you talk about Brian Finley's situation, he was literally going to be cut, as you said. Just let him go. Let him hit the market. If you wanted him, just snag him when it's when he hits. Why do you have to go in? It's, the article that I read said they swooped in on him. Why? Why do you want to give up a draft pick for him? He was their backup quarterback. Yeah, I don't... Decision-making in the Houston Texans organization needs a lot of evaluation. And Trenton, you'll be writing your all... your expose book on that, I believe, soon, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, working on it. The history of the Houston Texans. The history of the Houston Texans, indeed. Hey, at least they aren't... They're one of the more relatively new organizations only coming in like 2001, I believe, or 2002. So, you know, only 20 years to work with. They've, as they've, opposed to, as opposed to almost 100 years of some other teams. I don't know, Bilal. They've packed a lot of history into those 20 years. Not all of it good. Most of it not good. <laughs> not all of it good. Most of it not good. And most of it happening within the last year. <laughs> Can't wait to get to the 20, 2020 chapter in your book. <laughs> the first chapter is of like the first 19 years and it's two pages. And then 2020 is the other 100, 100 pages, chapter two. If any publisher is listening, listening Trenton is ready to go. <laughs> if there's any publishers listening, I don't think I know how to write a book. <laughs> uh, right, I don't think I've seen on. a book like that. Yeah. Um, why don't we get to the, the smaller bit of news first? Uh, Justin Simmons finally got his long-term deal done with the Broncos, four years, $61 million. I believe it is the, the highest-paid contract for his safety now. Good for him. He's Good had, for him. He's had productivity. And, I mean, 98 tackles last year and five interceptions. That's, yeah. I'd say that's pretty good. He he kind of just came out of nowhere after uh after that no fly zone defense eventually fell apart with different people leaving, um, but yeah he's he's definitely proven his worth for the Broncos so it's it's good they they got him to keep around stay around um. How about we end our free agency section with some dancing? Juju Smith Schuster is coming back to the Steelers on a one-year, $8 million contract. He was offered more money by both the Chiefs and the Ravens. Both of them, I believe, were also one-year deals but had more incentives for him. But Juju decided to stay back with the Steelers. If I was in his position, I probably would have done the same thing because there's the aspect of you've been with the place for four years, five years, how long ever he's been there. 
You've had success. They like you. You like them. You know the team. You know the city. In all likelihood, I would be doing everything I could do to get back there. And some other team's offer needs to be, like, exceptional. And the one benefit to having the salary cap, the salary cap so low this year, is that teams are not really willing to provide that exceptional offer to people right now. They're just going with the basic one-year, $8 million, let's say, going with Juju's. The basic one-year, $8 million. So wait a year. Be with a place where you want to be, who wants you, and then we'll see what comes up next year. But uh, it's good. I didn't see him really leaving. And the Steelers are able to continue to try to get back to where they, they've always wanted to be. So, yeah, good for him. I mean, good for the Steelers. I mean, Juju made $1.04 million last year in the final year of his rookie contracts. So if he's making $8 million this year, not bad. And he'll probably make more next year when he can make more. Right. All right. Uh, I think that wraps up most of the, the big free agency news for all of the teams, except for one. Yeah, so... Hometown team, the Chicago Bears. So our endless search of quarterbacks has made a new stop here. The new train has stopped at the station called Andy Dalton, a.k.a. the Red Rifle. Yeah, it's not the, uh, many would say it's not the most exciting stop on this route. No, it is not, but um, and understandably, people have been upset because they will all just talk about Russell Wilson and how he was willing or he only wanted to go to Chicago. But we're, before we divide, dive into the Andy Dalton situation, we have to take a step back here and really analyze this unnecessary outrage. First of all, Russell Wilson, top five quarterback. That's that's given. But he's under contract. He's under contract with the Seattle Seahawks. And I know he has a no trade clause in his contract, which means that if the Seahawks were to trade him away, he would um, have to approve any such trade. Okay, let's assume he, he wants out. Let's say that he wants to go. He approves it. I'm going to Chicago. You can't trade yourself. You need the Seahawks organization to trade for you. And I know you have the details on this better than I do, but the Bears made an offer to the Seahawks. Like, it's not like they didn't try. They tried. And they they offered a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, it was three first-round picks, one third-round pick, and two starters and the the names that are generally thrown around as the starters offered were Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller and maybe Khalil Mack. 
these those are like our best players, some of our top players, and you're giving away three years of first round picks. We only gave away two round two years worth for uh, Jay Cutler, and we only gave away like two years worth for Cleo Mack. Three years is is a stretch here. So it's like they tried, but the Seahawks flatly said, "We aren't open to trading." So what do I do? I can't just take a, a crane and go over to Seattle and pick him up and bring him over here. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. You can't trade. You can't trade for someone when the other side isn't willing to discuss with you. So what do you do? You look at who is available in the marketplace, and of all the remaining names on those lists. Andy Dalton was the mainly the best choice available. And that's what they did. They went out and chose who they could based off of the options that they were given. Right. I mean, another similar option would have been Ryan Fitzpatrick, who also got a one-year, $10 million contract, which is the same, I believe, as Andy Dalton. The only difference but he here was already in Washington by that time, right? Basically. Or maybe they weren't trying too hard for him, but yeah, exactly what you said. And the thing about Andy Dalton is that his best career numbers came with this one guy by the name of Bill Lazor, who happens to be the offensive coordinator with Chicago. And I think what's going to happen this year is that Matt Nagy is going to start off the year. With Bill Lazor as the OC play caller. Because, I mean, Nagy's had success, but I think Nagy does better when he is allowed to be, is allowed to truly be the head coach, manage the whole team. He's literally taking a page out of his mentor's playbook, Andy Reid. Andy Reid basically handed over control to his OC, which at one point was Matt Nagy. So it's like, let Bill Lazor take over. Let him work specifically with Dalton. He he even got decent production out of Trubisky at the end of last season when things were looking kind of down. He got got significant numbers out of him too. So let him work with him. They have a connection. They know each other. They know how each other works. They know what to how to how to interact with each other, all these different things, and I think that was a that was an attraction for Andy Alton knowing that he'd be going to a familiar place, and that's again it's a one year deal. Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Um, for anyone, uh, obviously you don't know our notes here, but uh, Trenton wrote in the. In the notes, uh, one year, ten dollars. So, uh, yeah, we got Andy Dalton on uh, pretty cheap there, right? Yeah, not it wasn't too bad. Did you not realize it? Mm-hmm. In the notes, you wrote ten dollars instead of ten million. Oh, you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading over the notes again. No, I didn't realize that at all. So, I mean, we got them really cheap. I uh, 
I appear to have left off a, f a few zeros. Numbers, zeros at the end of numbers are very significant. Zeros yes. at the beginning of numbers are not very significant. But um, <laughs> that was just a fun, little fun note I just, I just noticed. But uh, again, Andy Dalton's had success, relatively good success in Cincinnati. Made the playoffs on a few occasions, made the Pro Bowl, I believe, three times. And in Dallas, he made the most of a really bad situation. I mean, they didn't care enough about him until they needed to, which is with every quarterback, every backup quarterback. And when Dak went down, he stepped up. He did the best he could. So we shall see what comes of this. And it doesn't limit Chicago drafting another quarterback from going after another one. And who knows, Russell Wilson could come back up again, depending on that situation develops in Seattle. Watch him yeah, and not that's... show up for minicamp. And it's like, okay, we might have to take care of this because we we uh, we need a quarterback. And but if he comes up Adam again, Schiffer. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. This comes up again, though, a Wilson scenario, they better not offer the same package for him because the Seahawks lost out on the first time and they don't have – in my view, they don't have the rights to ask for the same thing a couple months later after you've already rejected it once. You need – because then in that scenario, they would be the de desperate ones trying to get rid of him, and it's not helping them. So then the leverage would be on the Bears to come up with a good uh, negotiation. Um, moving on here – Reports were saying that Kyle Fuller is quite possibly either going to be released or traded. Right. Nothing. Um, there's been, according to the transaction wire, as of today, as of now, there has been no activity. So he's still a member of the Chicago Bears, but I am, I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? Maybe they choose to keep him. It's been an up and down scenario the past 24 hours. Yeah, he, he's produced well though, and he's been a good addition, and probably one of the only good additions uh, since uh, from the Mark Tressman, Phil Emery era. So, um, it'll be interesting. I don't want to leave, but uh, if it does, he does have a twenty million dollar cap hit. So that would be the only reason, because his productivity never declined. It would just be the money. And maybe they can rework his contract like they have with other players, transfer some money over to signing bonuses. Or if they're going to trade him, trade him for something. Don't, don't just release him and not get anything out of it. Yeah, I've seen the Broncos might be interested in him. Makes sense, because of Fangio. Right. I worked with him before as a his D coordinator. Never know. All right, so there is this rumor going around, Trent, that Akeem Hicks is seeking a trade. But in all likelihood, and this is I'm gonna stand by this right now, I don't see it happening. Akeem Hicks is the heart and soul 
of the Chicago Bears defense, of the Chicago Bears team. I don't see him leaving. I think it's just one of those things. You see these reports that come out oftentimes of a player seeking a trade, but then nothing comes of it or nothing. It's just one of those moments. And knowing him, he probably just told some reporter that just to make fun to mess with him to see what they would write. Because that guy's a prankster. <laughs> it's it's possible. We'll, uh, we'll have to keep our eye on that and see what happens. Here's why I think that. Because as of Wednesday, the Bears were two or three million over the salary cap limit. And as of the start of the league year, you have to be under that. And they were saying that Hicks could be a casualty of that to make room. He wasn't. He stayed on the team. Everyone on this team loves this guy. He represents everything there is of the Chicago Bears. He looks like a bear. <laughs> if he, if I saw him coming down here, I would run like I would run if I saw a real bear. Which actually, I don't think you're supposed to run if you see a bear. But uh, still, it's not happening. All right. Uh, moving on to some other news. Why don't we go into the wide receivers? Bears are trying to shop Anthony Miller, who's in his final year of his rookie contract because they don't want him getting into any more fights with anybody else on the field when they've already told him not to. It's a, not even just that, Trenton. It's the fact that he hasn't had productivity. He had it in his like first year or second year and then just dropped. He's, he's guaranteed to play well two times a year. And that's against the Lions and against the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's and then he gets ejected in the playoffs. Yeah, there we go. I think they trade him. I don't think they cut him. If they keep him, he'd be low on the death start. He's that's not gonna right. have much time to play. Mm-hmm. Just knowing Cause... Matt Nagy. As a coach, he would get really. I'm just trying to imagine this the disappointment he felt when he got ejected. I mean, like in that s- game, they were already short wide receivers in that game, weren't they? Yeah. And then when it happens to one of your teammates early in the season against the exact same player. The result's the same. What do you expect? So, yeah. We'll see what happens. They, they got to get a good uh, compensation out of him, though, because he was originally a second-round draft pick. And it'll be uh, important to see what comes of that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Allen Robinson was originally not going to sign his franchise tag but now he is, he has signed his franchise tag. And the reason for that is because the Bears are going after former Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. And it has been reported that the Bears made an offer to him one year uh, in the 11 to $12 million range. Notice I said million this time and not 11 to $12 range. <laughs> um, 
but apparently Galladay wants uh, 18 and a half million per year. I mean, of course, yeah, in, in this year, he might not get that. He might get somewhere around that, though. But good for Robinson signing his um, franchise tag, like you said earlier. Players aren't going to get the money there. It's a quick reality. Uh, what, what do you call it? It's um, reality check. Reality check. They, they dip their toes in the market, find out what's there, and they quickly realize that every team is going to offer them some really low amount of money. And they're like, okay, we're just going to stay where we are, boost our profile up, and then we'll come back in a year to see what the situation looks like. That's what Robinson's doing. Because he doesn't want to leave Chicago. Chicago doesn't want to leave him, but Chicago doesn't have the money to pay him, and neither does any other team. So it's the best. And then the Galladay situation. And so again, he's not getting that money that he wants. He's not going to get $18.5 million. And I would not be opposed to having him on the team because he's a top quality player. I believe he's from the Chicago area too. And he went to school in like Northern Illinois or Eastern Illinois, one of those two schools. So, I don't know, like a hometown discount, I would assume he'd like to take and come here, play for the Bears alongside Robinson. And you have two quality receivers, which we have not had in a very long time. It would help. Anything to help. And closing off here, the Bears um, signed Desmond Trufant to a one-year deal. Yeah, Desmond Trufant, formerly of the Falcons and formerly of the Lions. So it'll be interesting. He's had injury having... issues in the past, but uh, overall a good quality player. So we shall see what happens. Yeah. Too early they to do, judge the best team quarterbacks. Fits. Yeah. They do. And especially depending on what the situation comes up with Fuller. Right. And they, they released uh, Buster Screen as well. Uh, yeah, the wonderful cornerback who plays almost perfect coverage and is beaten on almost perfect coverage every time. <laughs> that's that's the issue. Sometimes, um, sometimes it just doesn't work out for you. Closing yeah. off here, uh, last piece of relevant news is that Mitch Trubisky signs a. One-year contract worth almost two and a half million with the Buffalo Bills. I and quite honestly, I feel this, this is deal. just a spot. I feel this is a stop for him just to learn, not be in a position where the, mm-hmm. all the pressures on him. Learn, get get back in the swing of things, and do like a Jameis Jameis situation. Learn from a bit. Right with a good quarterback, a good team, and then try yourself somewhere else. Right. I mean, we also saw it with Ryan Tannehill as well. When Tannehill mm-hmm. left the the Dolphins and landed with the Titans, and, you know, now he's got the starting job there. So, you know, best of best of luck to Trubisky in the rest of his he's career. He's a good player. Hopefully he can find the same. Right. 
He's a good player, deserves a good chance. Never had that real opportunity here because he was always supposed to be the guy. And when, he, when you're not the guy, everyone attacks you. Everyone comes after you. And this is the first time in his career where he doesn't have to be that guy anymore, at least for this year. And it will provide a different perspective for him, I believe. So. All right, Trent, that was a good, good uh, getting back into the swing of things here with the show. Uh, hopefully, things will be getting back into a more regular pace for us with free agency continuing on, the combine, the trades. Not even, the combine's not happening this year, but the combine, again, combine's not happening. Um, <laughs> the draft. I'm so used to this, the, the draft, thank you. I'm so used to this routine of, Right, like this, and it just um, the draft, mini camps. It's the whole off season getting the full swing, and as COVID hopefully begins to die down, we can get back to a normal life, get back to fans and stands. Um, we shall see. People are getting vaccinated. Just waiting for my turn, and I'll be ready to go. Yeah. So, uh, thank you all for listening to the Biolaces podcast. We hope you have a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and hopefully we'll be back next week with another episode. I changed this time. I didn't guarantee it. <laughs> but hopefully. Don't forget to follow us at BillMallard15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Remember to stay safe and continue to wear a mask. Football in space. <laughs>